Welcome to Mission Connect, a podcast brought to you by Passion to Reach Ministries, designed to equip you to connect with God's mission for your life. I'm Emily James, your host, and here with co-host, Passion to Reach's founder and director, Pastor Fanu Ayub. How are you today, Pastor Fanu? I'm doing great, Emily, and excited for another Mission Connect podcast. Yes, this is just a reminder to all our listeners that this podcast is about connecting them to God's mission for their life and helping others connect to theirs. So we, again, we have a guest on today that's going to share his story um, and and think ways that he connected to God's mission and helped others connect to theirs. But before we jump in, Pastor Fanu, for our listeners out there, why don't you give those that maybe are in the marketplace or in the business, sometimes, you know, when we think about God's mission for our life, we think, okay, it's got to be vocational ministry or in the church. But what about those people out there that are serving in the marketplace who, um, you know, maybe own a business or work in business? What would you say to them? Well, I'd say to them that you're on mission for God as much as anyone in the church is on mission for God or working in the church is on mission for God. Uh, because the reality, my friends, is this, that when God calls people, when God calls people to mission, uh, he's not calling people to preach necessarily. He's not calling people just to sing on the worship team. He's really calling people to live out their lives in a way that that demonstrates who he is to the world around them. And really, the, the truth is that the people that are engaged in marketplace ministry are probably the ones that encounter the most number of people around them that may not know God. Because when you're called to vocational ministry after a while, your surroundings and your friend circle and your networks become very Christian just by virtue of what you do for work. And uh, and the fact that, you know, where you go to work, which is the church, and then where you go to worship, which is also the church, you end up building these similar relationships with the, with the same people. But when you're in marketplace ministry, God gives you the opportunity to encounter people that are very different mm-hmm. uh, yeah. from, from you. And the opportunity, obviously, then to share Christ's love and uh, model Christ-like living uh, for them. And Emily, when we, when we think about even in the Bible, you'll see people like Joseph. You'll see people like you know Moses, people like um, Daniel. Uh, so many examples in the Word of people that you know were empowered by God, anointed by God to do ministry in a secular setting. You know, so here's a Daniel now. He's going to be the voice. I also remember now an Esther. You know, she becomes the voice of God's people in the palace. And so God has people in the palace. There is a king, kingly anointing, if you will, that God wants his people to operate in. And so if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking Mission Connect, well, that sounds like missionary. That sounds like I got to go into ministry. Mm-hmm. Friend, you are in ministry wherever you are and today's story is going to inspire you and motivate you to live out God's call in the marketplace. Yeah, it's so true. And, you know, we're going to be hearing his testimony in a moment. And that's exactly it, is that God placed him in a in a business that had influence and he used that to, and he's using it to minister to people. You know, it's funny how God works, Pastor Fanu. We are, again, we're on location on the East End. We're out here with some East Enders um, doing the podcast. And we're at, right now, a church. But, but this was his business before it was 
was a church. It was a motorcycle wow. shop. And so here we are. He's moved into a larger location now. But here he is back here doing a podcast about how God, um, you know, gave his business influence, gave his position as a business owner to be able to minister to people. And we're back at the same location where it all started for him. So, you know, this is the power of God and the glory of God and how he does these incredible things in our lives. So uh, with that, let's bring on our guest today. We'd like to welcome Jerry Ordanis to our podcast. Welcome, Jerry. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me today. Jerry, we're excited uh, for you to share your story uh, with our listeners today. And uh, man, what a story God's given you of his, uh, of his grace and his power in your life. So Jerry, why don't you start off with just giving our listeners a bit of a background about who you are and how you came to know the Lord. Well, before I was saved, um, my nickname was Shifty. Uh, my friends called me that, or Crafty. Um, I would always look at every angle to advance in profiting somehow through work, business, buying and selling cars, motorcycles, even at a young age in my teens. Um, kind of an unethical opportunist that had an entrepreneurial gifting. Okay. Um, and uh, <laughs> I, I, I have one, one example of uh, actually uh, closed down one of, two of my dad's bank accounts because we shared the same name. Jerry Ordanis, wow. and I had access to these U.S. accounts, walked into the bank, oh, do you want to do anything with this, Mr. Ordanis? Um, I didn't know I had the account, but yeah, you know what, I'm going to close it. I'm not needing it anymore. So I, I was kind of a, a bit of a crazy wild man in my youth. Um, I liked fast cars, fast motorcycles, and fast, you know, women back then, um, and followed the party wherever it was. You wow. know, I, I looked for it wherever my friends were, you know, you know, we were just... As Scripture says, we're, we're driven by whatever um, uh, drew, drew our heart towards it. And, um, but then, when, in 1993, I gave my life to the Lord at a Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames theatrical presentation. And How does a guy who, lo- who loves fast living get <laughs> persuaded to show up to a Heaven's Gates, Hell's... I mean, just... Just the name, Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames. You're like, that's not for me. How did you get there? Well, my, uh, my older brother, Michael, invited me there. And mm. I thank the Lord for him. And I thank the Lord for his influence in my life throughout my, my young days. And, and he said, I, I kept asking him about, you know, I want to know about the book of, like, I guess, Revelation. Tell me about it, Mike. Well, he goes, I know, I don't know all of it. But why don't you just come out to a play they're having at the church about heaven? Uh, okay. So I did that wow. night, uh, but before the preacher even gave the altar call, I began weeping because the presence of the Lord was drawing me to himself. So even though you were living that lifestyle and, and um, you know, you were obviously far from God, there was obviously a hunger or a desire within you for eternity, for heaven. And it reminds me of the, the Bible when it says God has placed eternity in the hearts of men. And so there's that longing to know and understand, and I guess... You're saying that's what sort of drew you into the church at that particular moment uh, to learn more, to discover, to sort of uh, figure out, you know, what, what, was, what, was, what eternity was all about. Well, I was looking for significance. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. All mm. young men and, and people, yeah. um, women alike, are looking for significance in yeah. something. I feel that I was remember driving in my uh, old pickup truck. It was a 1986 F1. 150 with holes in the floor and wondering, am I going to have a family one day? Am I going to have 
am I going to be remembered? And what is this life all about? You know, like, can I fit in? Can I make a difference? Will I be loved? And, you know, when that happened to me in 1993, when the love and grace of Christ came in my life, it was like, uh, like I had run a race and I just finished it and I, and I felt clean and I felt right. And then, um, you were asking about my change. I went to the parties after I had Christ in me. Okay. I went to the, those, you know, basement times when you're, I, I don't know if, where everyone else came from, but where I, I was doing drugs still. But when I did them, I felt different. Something mm-hmm. in me changed, changed. And I said, this isn't me anymore. This is not who I am. And if I'm going to fulfill the call of God on my life, I'm going to have to not do these things. And actually... Um, I began to go through the process of sanctification in my life, and I began to realize that I didn't want them anymore. Jerry, I want you to talk to the person that is where you were before you walked into that church and you felt God's presence. And they're saying, well, Jerry, I don't know, man. I don't think religion is for me. I don't think the church is for me. I don't think, you know, I can do that stuff. It's too hard. You know, I've, I've sort of decided on a certain lifestyle. I've walked it for many years. I don't think I can give it up. Uh, you know, I'm not saying I shouldn't, but I, I don't know if I can do it. Uh, so I just don't think it's for me. What would you say to that? Maybe a young person, maybe an older person, doesn't matter, but what would you say to them about now that you've experienced Christ and you've had that change of heart and life, how would you encourage them to give God an opportunity? Seek Him. Just open your heart and say, if you're real, God, just show me. Show me through my friends that might talk about you. If, uh, you know, just seek him. Just be real and say, are you real, God? And God will show up. Mm-hmm. God showed up for me. It was not a matter of me wanting to become Christian. I wanted to become free from my alcohol addiction, from my drug addiction, from my choices of wrong relationships. I wanted to become free of that. So there's a place of freedom and you can know that through Christ. So I would encourage them to say, hey, there's a place of freedom and Jesus is the answer. And mm-hmm. it's as simple as that. It, it, it boils down to just, tr- you know, seeking him and, and he will answer you. Wow. And, and tell us about once you came to faith in Christ and your life started to change, as you're saying, and you can't do those drugs anymore, you can't be an alcoholic anymore, you just, there's something different, something's happened inside of you. What was the process from going from that moment to getting on this journey of discovering your significance in life and, and obviously uh, finding your mission, your sense of call of what God had placed you on the earth to do? Well, um, I'm, I'm an ordinary unschooled man. I, I dropped out of school in grade 10, um, and I began to trust in myself mm-hmm. pretty much all the time until I came to Christ. And then, as I said earlier, that I, I began to not desire those things of my, of my, my past life. And um, there was a longing in my heart to almost meet a new community of people. There was a longing to, honestly, I had to say no more to my old circle of friends that I, I hung out with. And it's as it says in Proverbs that, you know, you become like the like company you keep. Mm-hmm. And I, need, I knew that needed to change. Um, and uh, so there was a time 
where things did change. I, I uh, came into a volleyball night, a bunch of awkward people who I thought were <laughs> awkward and, you know, <laughs> but they were beautiful people. And I met my best friend there. I met my future wife there. I met wow. just such a community of people that um, I, I can't thank God more for them. And, it, and was this a church group? That yeah, you, okay. yeah, yeah. It was uh, on a um, Wednesday night, I believe. Uh, Young Adults Volleyball, and I met met some great people, and God took me out of the kingdom of darkness and gave me a new family as well, not just brought me into the the kingdom of light, but brought me into a new family, and I, I long for that so much. And um, there, there are things that I needed to relearn in my heart as well, which we can get to um, now if you want, because there were so many things that I did in my own ways it says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My, you know, we're, my thoughts are high above your ways. Mm -hmm. And I had to put on the mind of Christ. And I began to begin to do that um, in my workplace, in my job, in my vocation as I began to grow in Christ. And we well, well, let's talk about that, Jerry, because, you know, part of what we're trying to address here in the podcast today, and really I'm excited about this, is to speak to people uh, outside of a church setting to say, listen, this is how God can use you, an encounter with God, a transformation of life that you have when you encounter Christ, and then obviously how once you come into a community of faith, Right, you're talking about the the young adults volleyball and meeting these people that you know, obviously become the the people you walk with, the people you do life with, and how all of that can begin to impact your sense of call in the marketplace and what God's called you to do, and how honoring God and living with integrity and following that mission and call, it you know it is is a process obviously, but how that actually works out practically. Well, when you talk about honoring God and following Him, like basically opening the Word and beginning to follow His ways and put on the, the mind of Christ was a process. As soon as I became a, a believer, I began tithing maybe six months after wow. that point, and I've been a consistent tither. And that's probably one of the main aspects that I would recommend any young people, if you want to succeed in finances, in workplace, in life, monetarily speaking, get that principle of tithing uh, in and just start doing it. It's, you know, So I began doing that at a young age. Um, I believe money is a, it's a true gauge of our heart. Where our heart is, there are treasures there are right. also. Um, and, you know, so as I began to do that, I began to walk in my business calling, and I knew it was in the power sports industry. I used to work at a car dealership. Um, when I was younger, and uh, this is before I opened GP Bikes, um, and I started leading the youth group, which Emily was a part of wow. when I was 27 years old, green, no Bible college, wow. nothing, just got filled with the Holy Spirit at age 25, just with the power of God, with the love of God, knew that I was not supposed to go to Bible college. I didn't feel that for mm -hmm. my life, mm -hmm. but I felt my my vocation was to be a motorsports individual, whether it's driving fast cars, maybe uh, racing one day. I had a dream to be a pro race car driver, Indy car driver, but that never, God didn't open any doors for that. Right. But he did open doors for the like power sports world with uh, motorcycles and things that went fast. See, God didn't take away all oh, of my fun. Right. He allowed me to keep some of those things 
the fast mm-hmm. cars and the fast bikes stayed and all the other fast, fast living. I didn't even want anymore. But in, in that question about finding out through obedience, and I think it's so, so critical because later I'll share of a situation where, where I, I got close to losing it all, getting high on a, on a real high place, you know, following the Lord, running a youth group, getting married, having children, growing a thriving business, sharing Christ, and running alphas in the workplace, um, seeing people get healed in the workplace, and, and like really living it out overall. But obedience is so critical, and I think we can miss that when we get in the race of life and in the race of our of our calling. What are the some what are some of the steps that you can think of that you took to get to that place of discovering your mission, get to that place of that business that was thriving? You obviously started from scratch and this obviously happened once you encountered Christ. And part of the reason I'm asking you this, Jerry, is that a lot of people, again, feel that, well, I don't think God really wants to be involved in my workplace. You know what I'm saying? I don't really think God wants to be involved in the marketplace. I think really God wants to encounter me on a Sunday morning when I show up to church or Bible study or or something of that nature. But obviously we know that God wants to be involved in every sphere of life, every sphere of society, and obviously business. And the marketplace is a huge area of need, and we need more people that are on mission for God uh, to be involved in that specific mountain. So what was the journey for you like? I'm sure there's a million different steps and stories, but some highlights maybe that you can share with us, and you can share with a young entrepreneur who's starting off, and you know they love God, and they want to fulfill God's mission, and they want to be successful in business. You see, this is the other thing, Jerry. I think sometimes people think to be successful is almost not spiritual, you know, to have a lot of money to be wealthy is not spiritual. But the truth is God wants you to have resources. God wants you to have resources so you can impact his kingdom. And and you can have influence in society because as you've probably discovered, the more successful you are, the more opportunities you have to impact the lives of people. So what would you say to that young entrepreneur? What stories would you share? What maybe one or two specific things that happen uh, in your life on your journey to becoming that um, successful business person in the motorsports industry. How did that, what, 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 what would be some of the, the words of counsel you would give that young person? And people ask me this often. Jerry, I want to open my own business. How should I do it? What should I do? And I say to them, it's so simple. Seek first the kingdom of God mm. and his righteousness and all the things that you desire in this life will be added to you. If he is calling you to be an entrepreneur, he will open up those doors when you seek him first. Mm-hmm. And his presence in our lives is so vitally important to finding out our call. Mm-hmm. So I, I sometimes tell people that want to get in, into business, and I may have a sense that they're maybe definitely not called to be an entrepreneur or a business owner. And I'm not saying that is for everyone, but maybe I've bumped into one or two. And they just see the, the opportunity of, of having a business as being great and, and very, very, um, um, you know, I guess prestigious. But when we seek the Lord, he gives us the desires of our hearts. He doesn't leave us as orphans, and he opens up doors. I don't know how he does it, but throughout me seeking him first, opening up my doors to my bike shop, even when it was snowy out, we pushed bikes outside and we opened up to have youth come in. <laughs> and, and, you know, we were like p- 
pushing these bikes out in the snow. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. And we would say, you know, this night is for God. This night is for, for mm-hmm. what he wants to do. And then the Lord opens up doors. It, he opened up doors for me through advertising people, through people that work for me, amazing managers I have in my place. It didn't happen by accident. It, he says he gives you favor with God mm-hmm. and, and favor with man when wow. we begin to seek him first. So, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself, mm-hmm. but seek first the kingdom of God and he will take care of the rest and he'll give you what is in your heart to do. If it is a business, if it is a singing career, if it is to be the, you know, like Canada's best teacher, lawyer, whatever it is, he will give you the abilities when you seek him first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. You know, as you were mentioning that scripture, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You know, righteousness really is that rightly living, that obedience to God. And, you know, Jerry had this desire, this passion for, um, you know, fast cars before to be, you felt you know, you had an entrepreneurial spirit even before you came to know the Lord, right? But it was when you started to walk in obedience and in his righteousness that you actually got, you know, released into that calling, right? And so, you know, sometimes for those that are listening, you know, that's a great place to start of God, how can I walk in your righteousness, your holy living, you know, and and maybe that's where God wants you to start before he releases you into, you know, this call of maybe a business owner or a certain level of influence is that we need to make sure first our life is right with Christ and that we're walking in integrity. And for Jerry, you know, that started, you know, and for a lot of us with the tithing. And, and so earlier, Jerry, you alluded a bit to the fact that you know, you got to this place, you're owning this business, you're having influence. And then, you know, it almost kind of that prestigiousness, if you if you will, kind of got a hold of you or, or, you know, this, this, uh, you know, owning this business. And so what would you maybe you can give us a bit of background on that story. And then what would you say to people maybe who are already operating in as a business owner, or maybe have quite large influence in the business, but they think, you know, I'm kind of messed this up in the sense that I have all this influence, but I'm not really using it to minister or to seek God. And maybe they're at the verge of kind of losing things or, or, you know, getting demoted or whatever it might be. So if you want to share a bit of your story, and then what would you say to those people? Well, if I could get to that, that like question that you asked about maybe compromise mm-hmm. along the way in a few minutes. But I wanted to mention one thing yeah. is there's a story about the ark when the like presence of the Lord was at Obadidim's home. And I love this story because I, I always share this. It's so important to bring the, the presence of God wherever we go, mm. that we are, mm. you know, we are the church. We mm-hmm. are the carriers of his glory. And we need to be carriers of it wherever we go in work, family, business. And I've always tried, I've tried, you know, and I've, I've fallen short, but I he- see that picture of how it blessed Obed-Edom's home by having God's presence on his land, mm. bigger vegetables, bigger crops, bigger, you know, there, there was just an overflowing blessing that God had for him and provision. There was just like, I've always felt 
that God has provided for me and for GP Bikes throughout our growing phases, always from purchasing new property, for just seeing the vision from this place where we're in now speaking, it was, you know, a, a 4,000 square foot place at best. Now we are 5,000 square feet. Now it's a 30,000 square foot building. And the, the, the leaps of faith that even my wife, I said, Lorraine, we're going to buy this building down the road. And she had a piece. And when, when she has a piece, I know that something uh, is, is from God there. So, but there's a journey of bringing God's presence in that. Um, and, and then he just downloaded. Like, we can talk about hearing the, the voice of the Lord in an anointed service. And I operate uh, prophetically many times, and we can have words. We can have, you know, open words for church congregations. We can have words for individuals. And, and God downloads. God downloads sermons. God downloads you know, prophetic words, songs, God downloaded for me vision for the next step in my mm. business regularly. Websites to how I'm going to, you know, design the, the walls of, you know, like retail marketing, mm-hmm. um, you know, strategies for bike shows. We, we actually, when we were a small business just down in this area, we would set up a bike, bike show our booth was three or four times bigger than our store. So we would, we would just believe God for just increase, and we, would, and we would do it his way. And he would just, you know, there was a lot of kind of fear and trembling too when I was stepping out of the boat, taking those big steps for God. But he was always faithful, and he would always come through. And it's just praise God. That's good. That's powerful. And, you know, and now you're seeing the fruit of that faith and that risk taking and you know for business owners or people you know for all of us that take these faith steps we've talked about this in previous podcasts is that you know risk is is scary and stepping out is scary but again when we step into obedience no matter what the risk is we're in the best place that we can be and jerry's you know your business now and how it's expanded has been the fruit of that obedience and you know that's a testimony to to people who are aren't sure whether i am called to be a business owner or not maybe it is just taking that uh step of faith so that's very powerful and so jerry i mean i think this is fascinating talking to you and uh you were sharing with us i think before we went on the air that uh your uh bike store is now uh if i'm not mistaken one of the largest in ontario southern ontario is that what you were saying mm-hmm. uh, yeah. so that's incredible and and i think uh, that's an encouragement to a lot of business owners out there who may be just starting off or who may be where you were back in the day when you were in this uh, in this location in this building right here uh, and how you were small and how you took steps of faith and you sort of dreamed big for God and God downloaded plans in your heart and your mind and I I really uh, believe that it's it's uh, uh, it's inspiring business owners and, and and really I want you to talk about that for a moment uh, and then we're going to talk about how God is using you your influence to impact individual lives but we talked earlier about maybe somebody stepping into being a business owner, so brand new. But now let's talk for a moment for someone who is a business owner. They've been called to business. They know they've been called to business. They love the Lord. They're operating with integrity. 
Um, and but they're still at a smaller place, and and they sense that there's expansion coming, there's growth coming. What are some key practical words of advice and wisdom that you would share with them on how to expand, how to grow. And this idea comes from the thought that God wants us to prosper. And again, going back to this thought, there's a lot of times in the church where people feel like, you know, if I'm a Christian business owner, well, God probably wants to keep me small so I can stay humble. God probably wants to, you know, keep me, uh, you know, I don't want to I don't want to be the biggest bike store in, in Southern Ontario because maybe, you know, uh, God doesn't want me to, to be prideful or something like that. And I'm not saying we should be prideful, but I'm saying that sometimes that's a wrong thinking that limits us from what God has for our lives. So what are some practical things you would suggest to those business owners so that they can also see increase and expansion in their business? Well, um, you know, see, people ask me how, how I can advise other, other businesses. And it's difficult because for each person in their own sphere, it's, it's going to be different. There's, there's going to be, um, you know, there, there's going to be spheres of influence that, that even um, certain businesses are going to be smaller business. They're going to be, sure. you know, midsize or larger like corporations. Um, so be faithful in the small things. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, the parable, um, it bothered me that the guy, when I heard that, that parable a long time ago about when the, the guy who buried his talent yes. under the rock and the guy that had five or ten got his as well. Yes. And I, I, when I was younger in my faith, I didn't appreciate that. I felt sorry for that guy. But in God's kingdom, it's very important to um, be a good steward of what God has given you now mm-hmm. in order for you to be, you know, walk in that, and then he can entrust you with it more. Because you know what? In, you might, people can think, well, it's your business, and that's one thing, and Churches, church life is something else. And then, no, it's not, because where the kingdom is, is where he is and is establishing his kingdom in our workplaces. People are getting saved through our, our workplace. People are getting healed in our workplace. So if he can't trust me with some simple financial things about being a truth teller or you know, you know just being a person of, of integrity in everything I do, um, I don't think he'll give me more or, or he'll... You know what I mean? So yes. be... Be consistent. Be a. It is better to have a good name than much gold. How how much pre- more precious is it to have a good name? And and at times, you know, I've fallen short there. And I want to continue to have a good name. So I, I would just say, do the small things right with integrity when no one's looking, mm. and then God will open up those doors and He will amaze you. That's awesome. That's powerful. Uh, and, you know, we have to wrap up, but Jerry, tell us some stories of how God is using you, your business, your location, where God's placed you to impact the lives of people. It could be right within your business or maybe even outside of the business, but how some lives are being impacted through what God's done in your life. Well, there's a lot of young men working for me that are interested in bikes and interested in those things. So we, we have an opportunity to, I guess, model um, Christian living, Christian business, Christian attitudes. And um, that is, I think, one of the biggest areas that I've seen in my heart that has been growing that I need to get my house right. If I can't love my staff the way I can pray for someone that, that would come in the door that's sick, but I can't treat my employee really, really well. Mm. I'm not really walking in Christ's love. Mm. Wow. 
And I've had to grow in this a lot, becoming like a rich young ruler in the past in, in my heart, being, being proud, you know, proud and arrogant a little bit because I'm making this happen with God, of course, but really having to be humbled and say, I want to live a, a life worthy of, of example living. Mm-hmm. That I would lay out my life before people and say, I love you, even though you work with me, for me. I, I want you to experience Christ's love and, and a family dynamic in our workplace. And that's been my goal over the last like couple of years, more so than, than ever. Um, and then obviously, we, we pray for people in the workplace. We, we play K-Love on our, um, you know, we don't, you know we, we don't hide that we are, we love Jesus, you know. And, um, Any significant things that you can remember that's happened as you've encountered people that have come into uh, the store and you've prayed for them and what God's done? Well, yeah, God has healed many people, actually. Um, one, one young guy came in, his parents came in, we, we prayed for his mom to be healed. He, she, had, she had cancer. It, wasn't, it was like stage two or, or, uh, or something. And she doesn't have cancer anymore. He ended up giving his life to the Lord about, about two years ago. Wow. Um, and there was one particular instance I remember. Many people come into the store. They want to buy a bike because they found out they have something bad. So he came in with stage four, bought a $20,000 Ducati motorcycle. And I said to our uh, sales manager, who's also a, you know, uh, a follower of Christ, I said, Jeremy, let's pray for this guy. And so we asked him, can we pray with you? And then so we just laid our hands on him. What have they got to lose? You know, they, right. they've, they've been diagnosed. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just, as I'm sharing this, because I think it's going to encourage many, we just laid our hands on him. Can we pray for you? And we did. I just feel the anointing even, even in saying wow. this. Mm-hmm. But he phoned back six months later. He still had his bike and he told Jeremy, he goes, Jeremy, I don't have cancer anymore. Wow. And I wanted to thank That's you incredible. and your owner for praying for me that day. Wow. So, that's we amazing. just got to live it out. We just got to mm-hmm. love people and, you know, make, make opportunity mm-hmm. for, for uh, life, for God to, to come through. We are his hands and his feet. That's right. Awesome. And, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, I've shared on a podcast that I lived in Africa for a year. And, you know, I mean, miracles like that, they see on a daily basis where we sometimes in the Western world, we go, you know, we wonder whether God's still doing miracles or we're not seeing seen healings happen but god is alive today and he is performing miracles like that as long but he needs us to be willing to do that and so you know that's powerful and i i just pray that any business owner or or anybody really and especially those in the marketplace who are ministering to uh, non-believers to employees to customers that they have that boldness to step out in faith and pray over people in situations like that Um, because it's changing lives. And so, Jerry, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast today. Um, Just your 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 wisdom and your keys in in being a business owner or being in the marketplace really and having that ministry there and influencing people uh, for the glory of God is is a powerful testimony. And so we thank you so much for being on today's podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you so much. Uh, Emily, I thought that was powerful. I mean, it's not often that we get someone from the marketplace coming in to share Mm -hmm. uh, their story of connecting with God's mission for their life and how they're obviously impacting others as well. And uh, I thought thought Jerry's story is just uh, 
was just amazing what God has done in his life and where God has brought him from and to see how through following God and his principles, how he's prospered. And you know, too, uh, um, as Jerry mentioned earlier, you know, I was a part of his youth group at one point that would meet here at the bike shop. And so, you know, he was using his business for, you know, to speak into the lives of customers, but he was also using his business and what God had given him to, for the church, to serve people, to serve the youth that were in the church. And, you know, it's such a testimony again to, you know, how much sometimes we don't even see uh, the influence or or the effect that we can have on people when we just open up what God's given us and you know I'm here today because I was a part of that youth group and because he ministered to my life and sometimes you know he didn't even maybe when he moved out those motorcycles and brought in those chairs didn't even realize the uh the widespread that it would have and so you know again just using those little things or or the things that God's placed in your hands to impact those around you Absolutely. So listen, if you're listening, uh, I hope you'll be encouraged. You'll know that uh, if you're called to the marketplace, God has his hand on your life and God wants you to seek him first. And uh, and when you do, uh, he's going to add to your life. He's going to prosper you and he's going to give you opportunities to live out your mission in the marketplace and impact the lives of people. As always, if you're listening to this on iTunes or Google Play, please subscribe and please share this podcast on your social media channels. You can reach us at Mission Connect at PassionToReach.com. Check us out online at PassionToReach.com. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Mission Connect. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Mission Connect. Join us next week. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes.